his cause. And, uh, you know, in the current state of things, um, whether God turns things around in our nation or not, it is good to line up on God's side and and to let God know that we're seeking to see it from His perspective. But turn to Isaiah chapter 57 tonight. Isaiah chapter 57. And we want to look at a couple verses here before we um, and tie them into Matthew 5 and verse 3. Isaiah 57 and verse 15. For thus says the High and Lofty One, who inhabits eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with Him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, to revive the heart of the contrite ones." Notice what he says he'll revive. He'll revive the spirit of the humble. He'll revive the heart of the contrite ones. Those are all um, synonyms of poverty of spirit, of acknowledging our dependence. One of the, the best definitions I've heard of humility that anyway it stuck with me, is Andrew Murray said, humility is entire dependence upon God. And, and really, that's what poverty of spirit is. It's a, it's a total dependence upon God. Turn to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16 and verse 19. <clears throat> Well, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. So again, he's dealing with this aspect of humility of spirit and poverty of spirit that we looked at today. Poverty of spirit is realizing my own helplessness and realizing that my only hope is God. Realizing our our desperate need of God and our own helplessness. Now, if we truly have a poverty of spirit, if that is a characteristic of our life, it will be manifested in certain things in our life. And we're going to look at those today. Now, we can put these things into our life and still not have a a poverty of spirit. But if we have a full awareness of, I am helpless without God, and I need God, there... It will be manifested in our life in a number of ways. Um, first, needless to say, there will be a calling out to God for salvation. We talked about that this morning. But they'll be first and foremost realizing, I, 
I am a desperate sinner separated from God and bound for hell. And I need God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And there won't be just a, an intellectual knowledge about it, a poverty of spirit where we really embrace that I am a, a wretched, vile sinner and I need Christ will be manifested that we actually call out to God for salvation. But secondly, this is something that we hear over and over again, but really it, it shouldn't be something that we need to hear over and over again. If I truly have a poverty of spirit, it will be manifested in my daily hunger for the Word of God. God, I cannot make it without fresh manna. I cannot make it without fresh Word from You. I cannot make it without a renewing of my mind. I can, my faith will not sustain itself. It must be renewed through the Word of God. And it's, it's poverty of spirit. It's not like, oh, I guess I better go read the Word. No, it, it's not that. I, I need the Word of God. The poverty of spirit produces in us realizing I am helpless apart from truth. And God, I need you to guide me into truth. And it will be manifested in our, in our desire for the Word of God. We say, why don't people get in the Word? They're rich. Increased in goods and have need of nothing. Why do I need? And honestly, some people think that, that they're getting in the Word, they're doing God a favor. Aren't you, aren't you happy that I'm, I'm giving you this time? Aren't you, aren't you blessed by that God? Yeah, it doesn't bless God. If that's our, if that's, that we really think that. But the problem is, we don't really think that we need the Word. It might be something nice to add to our life. It might be the, you know, they say it helps your day go better. No, I can't make it without the Word of God. A poverty of spirit that I am not going to make it. I need your Word and to meditate in your Word. We talked about... In Matthew chapter 5, the blessings that are given. Blessed is the man in Psalm 1 who delights in the Word of God, who meditates in the Word of God. Why does he do it? Because he has a poverty of spirit. He realizes his utter need for God and, God, I have to have you. The same is true, we call it another discipline, but really... If things are right in if things are right in our heart and we see things from the right perspective, it's not really a discipline of prayer. It's crying out to God and saying, "God, I need you." It's it's a matter of it's a matter of prayer, and it's a matter of um, going to God and taking His yoke upon us and learning of Him. And it's a matter of saying, I need your help. I, I can't go through this. Not just in crisis. We have a lot of crisis Christianity that 
in the crisis. Boy, we're, we know how to pray then. I, you know, I, I wonder how many more crises um, will it take to get us to pray? I mean, after all, Pastor, last Sunday night we had a prayer meeting. And this Sunday night, two Sundays in a row, prayer meeting? Aren't we getting a little overboard there? Yeah, we are, aren't we? No, we're not. You go back and look where revival comes. Revival doesn't come by once a month praying for revival. Revival comes by a poverty of spirit that says, God, I am not going to make it without you. And we're not going to make it without God. And it's not, oh, I better pray. It's a poverty of spirit produces that. I mean, I visited with someone today and and they, they were concerned about someone and they said, I'm just not sure that he's hit rock bottom. That's a way we say, I'm, I'm not sure that we really realize we need God. If there is a poverty of spirit, you don't have to hit rock bottom. You already know that's where you started. And I, I can't make it. I'm, I'm at rock bottom. It doesn't have to be when we're publicly shamed and all our resources are gone. Poverty of spirit, realize before God, I am shamed. All my resources are gone. And God, I need you. A person that has a, a poverty of spirit, that is poor in spirit. And, and again, we mentioned this morning, this is the entry level to the kingdom of God. This is foundational to the blessing of God. The blessing of God, as we mentioned this morning, the inner joy, the inner peace that no matter what comes, this is, this is the beginning but a poverty of spirit will be manifested in a desire for holiness. Notice we read in Isaiah chapter 57, the verse that we read, and you notice how, how much he referred to this. He said, Thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him that is of a contrite and humble spirit. Notice he said, this is who I am. I am separate from sin. And a person that has a poverty of spirit will desire to walk in holiness because I need you, God. And if this is going to come between me and you, then no way. I'm not going to let anything come between me and you. In, in our prayer time tonight, someone prayed for revival in the church. And they prayed, God, help us to be more concerned about the separation of church and sin than the separation of church and state. If we were more concerned about the separation of church and sin, 
the separation of church and state would probably take care of itself. And the power of a church is lost because we have no separation from sin. There is no holiness. Poverty of spirit says, man, I need God. And whoa, this is going to loosen my grip on God. This is going to separate me from God. No way. No way am I going there. Because if I do that, I will fall. I will falter. I will fail. Um, I shared some weeks ago that when we attended a soccer match and Asa got lost in following Andrew, and he's never followed Andrew since then, all right? (laughs) And it all ended well, but it was a scary time for Asa, and it was a scary time for us. Um, After that, for quite some time, Anytime we were in large crowds, Asa made sure that there was nothing between either he and mom or he and dad. Why? Because, man, some bad things can happen when I get separated here. When we have poverty of spirit, some bad things happen when we get separated from God. And we say, no, I am not going to let that happen. Poverty of spirit will be manifested in our giving. We understand everything I have, God has given to me. I I may have worked to obtain it, but God gave me the ability to work. And he blessed the work so that it produced something. You know, in James, when it says... The man said, I'm going to go to such and city and buy and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Well, how presumptuous. Number one, I'm going to go to such a city. You don't even know you're going to live long enough to make it to such a city. I'm going to continue there a year. No way. We can't guarantee we're going to continue an hour. I'm going to buy and sell. Number one, you don't know that you're going to have anything to buy. And number two, that anyone would be there to buy anything you're selling and get gain. How many of you have sold things and didn't get any gain out of it? We've all been there. So see, all the way through... He says, rather you ought to say, if the Lord is willing, this is what I'll do. And a poverty of spirit says, God, I understand that I deserve none of this. All of this is yours. And all of this you have given to me, and you direct me. What do you want me to do with this? And I'm, I'm willing to do it. And there's a, there's a generous spirit. There's, there's a giving spirit. Not just the... Material things, but of our time and, and of our resources as well. A poverty of spirit will be manifested as well in, in our serving. How gracious God has been to us and met me in my helplessness. God, if you can use me to help someone else, 
I'm more than happy. If, if I can come along and help someone that is helpless and hopeless by pointing them to Christ, by being an instrument that might bring them one step closer to Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm all in. Because this is a way I can show my love to you, Father. This is a way I can, can show you that I appreciate everything you have done in my life because I am so, so undeserving of it. And a poverty of spirit will be manifested in praise. There will be a continual sacrifice of praise when we realize, God, I, I, have, I was bankrupt before you. I had nothing to offer. There is no way that anything good that I could do. And look what you've done for me. And to be filled with praise to God, we grumble about all these things, and it's because we don't have a, a poverty of spirit. It's because we don't understand how undeserving we are of any of the least of God's favor. But, but all of these stem, and, and it's not just... You know, oftentimes we, we need to give praise and we need to pray and we need to read our Bible and we need to do all these things. If we just get our heart to understand, I am totally helpless and hopeless apart from God and I need God. If, if that was a reality in our life, these things would be produced. Now, conversely... Where there is no poverty of spirit, ungratefulness abounds. A criminal lawyer and judge who was instrumental in sparing 78 men from the electric chair said not one ever did bother to thank him. Can you imagine that? Not one. Why? Because they never really saw themselves as guilty. They never really saw themselves in a poverty of spirit. And, and I am not going to live without, in our case, without God. Many years ago, the story is told of a devout king was disturbed by the ingratitude in his royal court. He prepared a large banquet for them. And when the king and his royal guests were seated, by prearrangement, a beggar shuffled into the hall, sat down at the king's table, and gorged himself with food. Without saying a word, he got up and shuffled out of the room with a belch, and the guests were furious and, and asked permission of the king to seize the tramp and tear him from limb to limb because of his ingratitude. The king replied, That beggar has done only once to an earthly king what each of you do over and over again to God.
Isn't that true in our own lives? How many times we run and we gather the blessings of God as though we, we are deserving of them? Ungratefulness abounds when there is no poverty of spirit. It doesn't matter how many times you preach or teach or read about giving thanks. Ungratefulness abounds when there is no understanding how unworthy I am, when there is no poverty of spirit. Secondly, bitterness grows. We get the idea that we are deserving of something. I mean, think of, think of how, honestly, how absurd the statement is that we are bitter against God. And many, many people are bitter against God. Think about how absurd that is. How possibly could we be bitter against God other than thinking an elevated view of ourselves? There's no way that you could have a poverty of spirit and be bitter against God. Andrew Carnegie, the multimillionaire who left um, millions and millions of dollars. Um, I'm not sure. Does anybody know the Sheraton Free Public Library? Was it? Many public libraries were founded by Andrew Carnegie that he paid the money for him. Does anybody know? Was Sheraton? Pardon? Yes? Okay, right there is an example of it. Well, when Andrew Carnegie died, he left $1 million to one of his relatives. When this relative found that Carnegie had left $365 million to public charities, for example, libraries, and had cut him a measly one million dollars, he literally cursed Carnegie. You know what? That is a picture of how we are with God. Absolutely. And we get bitter God, why, why did you give to them? And why are you blessing them? And why is this? And, and we, don't, we don't have a poverty of spirit in understanding, I deserve none of this that you have given me. And, and bitterness comes in. And we have this sense of entitlement. You know, we complain about entitlement that people have. They think the government owes them this. And they think this. It's easy for us to get this Attitude of entitlement, where there is no poverty of spirit, independence is manifested. You know, um, it starts early in a little kid's life, you know. No, I do it. I do it. And you know they can't do it, but they want to do it, you know. No, I, I pour the milk. So here they, and you say, no, you can't pour. No, I do it. I do it. 
And so you kind of guide them and they think they did it when really they didn't do it. And, and then you turn around and they thought they did it, so now they're going to pour more milk and they have the whole carton all over. And, and you're saying, you did it. And you're done. And, and no, I do it, you know, or they want to grab the knife. I cut it. I do it. I think God looks at us and says, how childish. Our independent spirit, we run off into the day, as we mentioned this morning, we run off into the day, and I'm, I'm going to, Attack the day. I'm, I'm gonna live this day. And, and we might, God help me today. Like, hop on board, God. I may need your resources today. And we, we have an independent spirit. You know, we are independent Baptists. And there's a good part of that, meaning we're not in a denomination that dictates what we ought to do and what we ought to preach. But there's a bad part of that in the sense that if it's independent, meaning no one's going to tell me what to do, that's bad. If it's independent, I can do it, that's bad. I don't need anybody else, that's bad. And an independent spirit that, that we live our life Without saying, God, I need you. I am totally dependent on you. And then, where there is no poverty of spirit, pride rules. Not just the pride that says, yeah, I did it. You know, one of the, one of the severe tests that comes in a Christian's life is when he has success. And, and when we have success, it's so easy for us to, to get over here, hey, look what I did. Or it's so easy for us to think, next time we're faced it, hey, I can handle this. And I believe with all my heart, God many times allows us to fall on our face or run into a stumbling block to get us to say, God, I need you. Because we are so prone, if things go well, we don't need God. And we're independent, and our pride rules, and um, we manifest that through an ungrateful spirit. And then when things cease going the way... we think they should, then bitterness grows. And bitterness develops in our life. But at the bottom line, you can't have poverty of spirit and pride. You can't, you can't have those together. It's he must increase and I must decrease. I I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And it's, it's understanding that 
learning to say in reality and in faith, God, I can't do it without you. I cannot do it without you. God, I need your wisdom, fresh wisdom, fresh manna, fresh bread, fresh faith, fresh word of God. And, and that's why he said, he began this great, great message, the Sermon on the Mount, that lays the foundational principles of all his kingdom and all his relationship. And he brings it with how you can have this abiding joy and peace in your heart. And he begins all of that. There must be a poverty of spirit. Without it, we're destined to fail. Without it, there will not be revival. With it, there will be the personal disciplines. There will be a separation from sin. There will be a desire to give and serve. And there will be an abundance of praise. We ought to make it our prayer. God, help me to see how desperately I need you. Lord, I pray that that would be our prayer. That you would today and in the coming days help us to see how desperately we need you. Lord, I pray that there would be that spirit in us of entire dependence upon you. And that we would reflect back on what you have done for us as believers in bringing us to salvation, that it was poverty of spirit that brought us to salvation, and it's poverty of spirit that will empower us. Lord, may we truly be blessed of you through learning to be poor in spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's